Welcome back for round two of us going through the... Uh, it's not really round two, it's part two. Welcome back to part two of us uh, finishing our political compass test. We are on page four out of six. Only got through three pages on the first thing. Isn't that crazy? There's a lot of questions, a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, I'm Mackenzie. I'm Kaden. And we're back. So here we go. Let's just start reading. Okay. This is, it says, in how you see the wider society, whatever that means. So it says, our civil liberties are being excessively curbed in the name of counterterrorism. I think they're talking about the NSA. Yeah. And stuff like that. I'd say, I mean, based on my experience, I disagree. I don't, it doesn't change my life at all. Um, I think you really only... I, my, my point of view is that you really only have to worry about it if you're doing something that would the government cares about, you know? <laughs> yeah, I see that. Like, I mean, what, what do you think? I don't think anything's being excessively curbed. Yeah. Like, I get the right to privacy. I think it's, I think it's okay if people, like, feel like they're being really infringed upon and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a normal and okay thing to think. Um, personally, I... I don't really think so. Like, not excessively. Yeah, I, I disagree. I mean, because their, their focus is on terrorism. I don't think they're going through our phones looking for pictures of drugs and stuff like that. It's not really their goal. Although, you never know. And but, we also do have the right to privacy, you know? Do we? Yeah. Is that, like, protected under something? Probably. <laughs> Someone please educate <laughs> us on our right to privacy. <laughs> Um, I, I've always assumed that we have a right to privacy. I mean, like, we can't, it's not like police can search your car without a warrant kind of thing. Like, yeah. and your phone, I feel like would be the same thing. It is. The police can't search your phone without a warrant. Yeah. So anything that they would find, I guess that has nothing to do with terrorism would be inadmissible in court. I mean, but it's also sometimes national security can override our rights. Well, like, yeah. If you think about Corona. Or like, well, like, think about like freedom of speech. Like you can't. People that work for the government can't come out and talk about stuff that's secret, government secrets, you know? Right. They will get stopped. Yeah, but they do say, they do like, they do sign like a confidential kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're like, what is the word? But, I mean, that's even a part of it, because like, what they're saying, you sign a thing to say that you can't express your freedom of speech in about this certain thing. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. So, but we, I, we both say disagree because yeah. it's not excessive. All right. Next question. A significant advantage of a one party state is that it avoids all the arguments that delay progress in a democratic political system. I say disagree. Like, sure. It's an advantage in that way. Like I could acknowledge that and be like, okay, like, Texas is going to be red, right? Like, but at the same time, it's not about the progress. Like, the progress doesn't matter, to me, at least. Like, electing the right people and doing stuff that, like, that would benefit everyone would be preferred, obviously. But, you know, the game of politics, want to protect your own interests and be right and all that stuff. Um, I mean, I personally don't care about the progress. (laughs) So... Like, if, if we need to slow down the progress by argumenting, argumenting, if we need to slow down the progress by arguing about it and discussing and seeing what people have to say, then, like, I don't necessarily think that's a problem. I think arguments in, I think debates and arguments in politics is important to progress in yeah. general. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that way, because a one-party state, how, I mean, think about it, how would that even work? Because you don't really have... You always are going to have two different sides to everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, someone believes this, and then someone believes the opposite of that. And then, if one person, like, is... all One party is, like, the only party. They're always elected. How does that even... How does that work? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I couldn't even see how it would, it would work. That's why I say disagree, because, like, I don't mm-hmm. think it would work at all. Right. I get what you're saying. All right. Next question. Uh, that says, although... This is what you said earlier. <laughs> <laughs> all the, although the electronic age 
makes official surveillance easier. Only wrongdoers need to be worried. It's, I think, unless our government is being shady, which is possible, um, I generally would think only people that are excessively breaking the law need to be worried. But it's one of those things where, like, if the government wanted to get sketchy with it, they could. The government could do a lot of things. They probably are doing a lot of things that we don't know. You know what I mean? So... Sorry, I'm just I'm very confused about this man. <laughs> There's a guy parked to, next to us. Don't, we don't know what he's doing. That's okay. All right. He um, can do him. <laughs> um, I wouldn't. I I'm I'm not gonna agree. I think I'm gonna disagree just because like the government could use the information in a wrong way, but like I'm not sure how. If that makes sense, like you know. I don't know. I'm going to disagree just because privacy is good. I, I I say agree. And that's fine. Generally. Yeah. All right. Next question. It says, the death penalty should be an option for the most serious crimes. The death penalty. I... Dun, dun, dun. All right. Let's get into it. I say agree, but I think the death penalty should only be an option if there is absolute concrete evidence that this person committed this heinous crime. I I just I watched Just Mercy the other day and the statistics in that movie just blew me away. It's like one out of every nine death row inmates since nineteen seventy three has been proven innocent. Which is an awful number. I mean any number. Ridiculous. It, it that that's just it that's way, way too high. I get like, you know, one or two out of like 10,000. Yeah. But, like, one out of every nine is proven innocent. That That's just not okay. Um, so I think, because the way it works is, like, in Texas, is, like, murder of a child, murder of an elderly is death penalty. And then a felony, or, like, murder with another felony, like, murder and aggravated assault, or right. aggravated robbery together would be death penalty. But, like... The most serious crimes, like like I said, murder of a child, murder of an elderly person. Like, if you can prove that that person did that, then I think that they should have, the death penalty should be an option. Like, if there was, like, video evidence yes. of, like, them committing that crime. Sure. Or, then, like, I mean, obviously, you could see that and be like, okay, yeah, like, they did that, you know? Like, that would be really obvious. Um, yeah, like, cases with a lot of circ- circumstantial evidence... Um, and stuff that cannot be, like, proven without a shadow of a doubt. You know what I mean? Like, you're sending a person to, like, death. Like, you are, like, technically you're responsible for killing them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, people on the jury are responsible for that. And so, if, if there is any doubt in your mind that, like, they could be, that, like, maybe they're not, then... No, obviously not. Yeah. And like, like, don't do death penalty. Just sentence them into prison, and then, like, if they go to prison for life or whatever, and then they're trying, they write to the Innocence Project. Like, I watched the Innocence Files on Netflix, where all these guys went to prison, um, based off of like, a lot of it was, um, a lot of it was like DAs getting the wrong um, conviction and just like wanting to convict someone, uh-huh. and like police officers who were just choosing someone to convict. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, just to, like, say that they solved the problem kind of thing, rather than, like, actually seeking justice for, like, the people who were affected. Um, then, like, if they if they have the chance to, like, just live in prison, like, sure, that shouldn't happen ever, but that's a better option than taking someone's life and then being like, oh, actually, they didn't do that. You know? Like... Bummer. Like, yeah, exactly. So... I I would say yes, agree, for the most serious crimes that you can prove without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, because it's in, in Just Mercy, he got sent to death row for a murder of, and it's based on a true story, obviously, in the 80s, 81, I think. No, I don't quote me on that. In the I, 80s. I just got it confused with Pursuit of Happiness. Uh. <laughs> I, watched those, <laughs> I watched them back-to-back nights, I forgot, but... 
he there was a murder in the town and he, of a of a teenage girl like he, she some person shot him shot her and the guy that was convicted of the crime lived a town over and hadn't even ever been to that town but the uh the DA and like the police department they had to show their community that they weren't weak and so right. they convicted Obviously, the movie's about racism. They convicted the first, like, black person they could find. Um, and they they gave another inmate the op- a lesser sentence if he mm-hmm. provided a witness against him. Right. So he went to prison on the witness of one felon. And that was it. He went to death row for that. Obviously, he gets out. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know how much stuff like that's happening now. But if we're being honest, that allows for a lot of racism. It really does. Mm. So, systemic racism, guys. Look it up. It's a real thing. If you're going to deny it, then, like, that's kind of ignorant. Like, even if even if you have... Obviously, if you haven't experienced it, you're probably white. <laughs> and you probably don't know the perspective of people who are black and Hispanic and all the above, you know, um, people who are not white, um, you don't know their perspectives and you don't know what they have to face every day. Um, that's called white privilege. Look that up. (laughs) Um, very real thing. Um, I forgot what I was going to say something. Oh yeah. It applies. It definitely applies to the systemic racism of like the whole system needs reform. Like Kate and I had a really good conversation about, uh, police reform the other day. Like, about how, like, police officers should be held to a higher accountability as enforcers of the law. They're not, they're not above the law. They should have, like, strict, like, more strict adherence to the law. Um, and, like, severe punishments if they choose to, like, be unethical with their position and abuse their power. Yeah. Um, and, like, we even, we talked about, like, oh, if, of course, like, there's going to be times where, where people, like, mess up and, like, maybe don't follow exactly what they're supposed to follow that's called being human that's normal but if it's like third event third offenses fourth offenses fifth offenses like you look at the officer in the case of george floyd like he had like multiple like he had like multiple accounts of where he was abusing his power and he was still able to be a police officer Mm -hmm. and it's like that's not the people who should be protecting us and like serving us and so yeah we had a good conversation about that anyways (laughs) yes that doesn't... That's a whole different thing. Whole different story. We'll but. talk about that in a different episode, but... Uh, we have a lot of things to talk about in a lot of different episodes. You said agree for... Without a doubt. Without... Beyond a reasonable doubt. Is that what you said? Yes. I said only if it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Okay, cool. So I, I said agree generally, but mm-hmm. only if it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Okay. Uh, next question. In a civilized society, one must always have people above to be obeyed and people below to be commanded. I, I'm conflicted because like there has to be circumstances and there has to be like rights for people. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not like it can't be a dictatorship. Like that's not a civilized society. That's just like, what is the word? It's like the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. (laughs) It's like, that's just what I think of. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not just like one person is supposed to know everything and then everyone else just, like, blindly follows them kind of thing. But yeah. I don't necessarily think that's what they're getting at. I don't necessarily think that's what the question is. I think the question is, like, should there be people in power and people who are not in power? The thing is, is, like, we are in power in some ways. Like, we have the power to, like, elect officials that we, like, agree with for the most part. Because, obviously, no official's going to match our viewpoints 100%. But um, I'm going to say generally agree with that. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you. Um, I just don't really... I can't really picture a society where that's not the case. At least to an extent. There I has mean, to be some order. That, yeah, always. I mean, I think if there's no centralized leadership, then we would live in anarchy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that th- I don't think that humans can run without leadership. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree so with I'll that. go agree. Next question. Abstract art that doesn't represent anything shouldn't be considered art at all. 
I don't really care. I disagree. <laughs> I say agree. I'm not very artistic, so I wouldn't understand. But I think I think a part of art in general is like either like a message or like mm-hmm. representing things. Like if the if the artist comes out and says, "No, it doesn't. There's no doesn't represent anything." I don't really. I wouldn't really consider it art. Mm-hmm. I would just consider it more just. I don't. I don't even know. Yeah, like what would you even <laughs> classify it as? I don't you know. know. I don't really like. Obviously, I don't really care. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm just like whatever. Um, I don't know. Like maybe you, you draw something and then you're like, oh, this is just a really pretty combination of colors. I really like it. Like I think that's art. You know. But mm-hmm. also, like, who cares? <laughs> Sorry, but like, I don't care. Yeah, that's not the biggest problem. Oh, here um, we go. There's the question you were looking for last time. All right. In criminal justice, punishment should be more important than rehabilitation. Uh, generally, I would say disagree. I think that rehabilitation should be a big part of the system. How they would do that on a wide scale, no clue. No idea how they would pull that off. But... I feel like for obviously not people that have committed violent crimes. Mm-hmm. If you commit a violent, heinous crime against your society, you you're probably be not safe to be out in society. Yeah, and I think that the government has the right to deem certain people as unsafe for society. But other people that, like, if you have, let's say, I use an example of a DWI. Someone with mm-hmm. the DWI. That's that's jail time, mm-hmm. right? I think the focus should be on helping them with their alcohol problem so that you can send them back out as a better To be person. more successful in society. Like, you shouldn't, like, ruin... Like, someone's whole life shouldn't be ruined just because of a mistake, I guess. But also, at the same time, like, they're being irresponsible. Like, it's, it's kind of hard to, like, weigh out the pros and cons of that. Of, like, okay... I have a DW, like, I'm driving drunk, and I hit someone, and I take their life. Like, it's not premeditated. Like, it's not something that they're like, I'm going to kill someone today, or, like, I just have this urge to kill someone. It's they're being irresponsible, and they're thinking about themselves and not about other people. And more than likely, they're going to feel guilty about it. And so I think giving them, like, personally... It's hard because if you're if you if you're the family member of that person that got killed, yeah. then like you're like put that dude in jail, like don't let him come out. He took that life, and like I'm angry about it. But that just yeah. goes back to the eye for the eye for an eye thing. Yeah. If we look at that and like a Christian perspective, mm-hmm. we could see like, okay, yeah, like I sinned, and so like I don't deserve to be with the Lord. Like I don't deserve to be out. Like, you know, I don't deserve to have His love. And God's like, no, like, I'm going to give you a second chance kind of thing, like with Jesus. Then, you know, like as a Christian, I would say, I would say rehabilitation just because like, I like have empathy for those kind of people who made a mistake, like even if it was a really bad one. Yeah. Um, I just think like for certain things, like going back to the DWI example, that's the only one I can think of right now. Like, if someone gets pulled over and no one was hurt like that, I think that they should focus on rehabilitation. But if someone, like you said, like a manslaughter charge, like you hit someone and kill them. Right. They should on, be punished on for On accident. It. You should be punished. That should be jail time. But also, I think after the jail time, rehabilitation should be a thing. It's like there should be like a punishment section and like a rehabilitation section. I think it, you know should, I I mean? think it should be both. I think both. I just feel like... Oh, like, like I said, I don't know how it would be applied to society. Right. But if we saw a rehabilitation system for criminals of non-crazy crimes, like, we can... I, I feel like we would see less crime, like, a lower percentage of crime for people that come out of prison. Right. Of yeah, because people who go to jail and then they come out of jail, they have, like, how, how do they integrate with society again? Mm-hmm. And, like... It's hard for them to get a job. It's hard for them to, like, walk around the streets and, like, know or, like, be integrated in a, in a new community when people who are potentially judgmental and, like, you know, like, how do they mm-hmm. get integrated into their community? Like, they've served their punishment. 
but people don't forget those things, you know? And so like they're, they're punished for the rest of their lives on things that they shouldn't be punished for the rest of their lives for. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, and then the reality of that is, is when they're not able to integrate back in society, they go back to crime. Yeah. Because that's all they know how to do. That's all that's. And a lot of people, whenever they commit crimes, like, more minor offenses, I guess, like, mm-hmm. that's just how they survive. Yeah. Like, that's just, like, if you get caught for stealing, like, if you caught, if you stole, like, money, I don't know. Like, if you, like, robbed a 7-Eleven, like, <laughs> if you robbed a 7-Eleven, like, you did it, maybe you did it because you don't have any money and you're desperate and you need food for your family kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I've, granted, that's not every case, but, yeah. like, there are cases like that, case-by-case basis, we need to like evaluate like who are we gonna who are we gonna look at who are we gonna help and like serve like they can serve their punishment but yeah prepare them for life outside yeah all right let's move on to the next question oh here we go <laughs> it says it is a waste of time to try to re- rehabilitate some criminals i would agree i agree i think some people can be too far gone i also believe that some people are evil because I, I mean as a Christian I believe in evil as well as good and I think that some people can be so corrupted by Satan that they are just evil mm-hmm. fair enough that's all I have to say about that yeah and like obviously like from a Christian standpoint for the Lord they're not too far gone but for society like it's okay I think it's okay to deem some people unsafe to bring back to society mm-hmm. because we have to protect the people we have to protect other people who aren't causing harm and like yeah but that get that can get you into a whole argument on like well whose life is more valuable and like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's like you could think like i don't think it's necessarily wrong to think that like the lives of the lives of good quote good people mm-hmm. like i don't think it's wrong to think that good people are more valuable than people who are like violent you know yeah Anyways. All right. Let's go to the next question. The next question says, the business person and the manufacturer are more important than the writer and the artist. More important, like, to society? Yeah. Like, if you're if, if you're focused on economics, sure. Like, if you care about the economy and, like, care about business and whatever, I mm-hmm. think that's fine. If you care about culture and art, if you're in a position where you don't have to care or, like, you don't really care about the economy and you don't really care about business, then, like... We, like, we need writers and artists to, like, to help open our minds and, like, I don't know. It's about the culture. No. Like, generally, I would say disagree because I think everyone's important. But that's just me. I, I say disagree because this question is referring, is talking about society. Yeah. And as a whole, like, business, the manufacturing business person are important to our survival in America. Um our economic survival and our physical survival. We need people to manufacture homes and mm-hmm. manufacture food and water. But I think that for society, I think that having people that express their opinion and people that will write about what's going on in the world. Or look at literally like Jordan Peele, like the movies that he makes, yeah. like the impact that that has on people. You know what I mean? I think it's so important, and writers and artists have such an ability to inspire Mm -hmm. and to give people the motivation to fight for what they believe in, and I feel like that's just as important as the business person. Yeah, we're not not robots that are like, work and that's all I do, you know? Like, even people who work have families and lives and like, generally, you know? Yeah. Expression is very important. Yeah. In a human life. Very important. Yeah. All right. I was like, we're, you know, we're made in God's image and God is the artist, like the ultimate artist. Mm Mm-hmm. So. All right. Let's move on. Next one says, (laughs) (laughs) mothers may have careers, but their first duty is to be homemakers. Disagree strongly. I don't think it's their first duty. I think, so, uh, Christian perspective, if we're going to go back to the garden in the beginning, um, Women are made to be the helper of the man. Eve was made to be the helper of Adam. That just means that she was made to, like, compliment him. Where he was weak, she was strong. Where she was weak, he was strong. Um, I think society has really twisted that 
into making it fit the narrative or like even like churches like church culture and stuff I think we've twisted it to fit our narrative of like oh men are strong and they belong like in the workforce whereas women belong at home with the children like Mm -hmm. I think I think we have misinterpreted that as like a as a whole um because like and there's nothing wrong with being a homemaker as a woman like there's nothing wrong with that like if you want to do that if that's your dream go for it like be the best homemaker homemaker you could be um but I don't think that's their first duty (laughs) the whole the whole point is that women compliment men and men compliment women and each individual person has their own strengths and so there are some things that sometimes men are generally better at doesn't mean women uh can't be good at them or can't be better than some men at them like everyone's different so I think in a general sense I'm gonna say strongly disagree because it's it's not about homemaking like that's I think that's just traditionalism that has nothing to do with like you know yeah I, I just say <laughs> I say disagree because um I don't think that you can really say what a woman's duty is it's people's duty besides like civic duties like mm-hmm. voting and stuff is all what's the word it's subject objective subjective subjective that's right right mm-hmm. it's subjective because for one person they may believe their first duty is to be a homemaker for another person they may believe that they they may want to have a career and that's more important than them than having kids yeah. nowadays modern society women have the right to do that so you it whatever you decide is your duty you do that I also don't like that this would excuse men from being like homemakers or like important roles in the family because mm-hmm. a lot of like traditionalism is like the men's like you you see the picture of like oh the wife's staying at home doing the laundry taking care of the house blah blah, blah taking care of the kids and then the dad comes home and he like cracks open a beer and sits on the couch and like watches freaking ESPN and, and all that stuff and the wife makes him dinner uh, the wife has dinner ready whenever he gets home the wife puts the kids to bed and they bang <laughs> you know like <laughs> the wife is there to serve the husband but that's not necessarily like that like I think this would excuse men from being fathers and we've had so like we've seen so much like I could name so many people like that don't have good dads and like have had experience with bad dads um hashtag bad dads club uh, I know a lot of people who are in that club um and this excuses men from being good fathers and we need fathers and like people need fathers um so bad so yeah anyways strongly disagree for me yeah and like what you said about serving and it's like as christians like our one of the biggest aspects of our lives is serving others and especially mm-hmm. serving your spouse it's like it shouldn't be either the wife serves the husband all, all the time or the husband serves the wife mm-hmm. all the time it should be they they complement each other and they serve each other in the areas they need mm-hmm. and so like maybe the the woman is at home taking care of the kids all the time and the the man works you know at nine to five and he he works hard but if he gets home and the wife has had an awful day like the husband should be able to say you know let me serve you i'll cook dinner like Mm -hmm. that i think a part of that sacrifice is what make can make people so loving um and what and you think about it we're getting off track a little bit but that's such it's such a good uh example for your children to show that you know, I'm tired, but I'm putting your needs before mine right now. Yeah. Always. And it, it should never, there should never be a role, air quotes role, of mm. servant. Like, if you're a Christian, and I think this should go for everyone, but you should, everyone should be a servant to each other. Take care of each other's needs. You know, sometimes, like, girl, if you're tired, you had a long day, you deserve to go take a nap. Like, mm-hmm. Husband cook you dinner, it's just fine. You know? You may be a better cook sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the thought that counts. And so like I think we we as a society need to serve each other better. And I am saying that to Christians and non Christians, like, you know, take time out of your day to serve someone else. Yeah, whether or not like whether or not you believe in God, it's a great principle. It definitely to, like is. follow. I was like we can pause so you can get that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move on to the next question. It says, multinational companies are unethically exploiting the plant genetic resources of developing countries. I don't know a lot about that. 
personally? Um, someone please educate us. Please educate us. Um, since we don't know, we'll look it up later. I'm going to say disagree. I'm just going to say disagree just because I don't know. Okay. It won't affect our stuff too much. No. Okay. Uh, next question. Making peace with the establishment is an important aspect of maturity. Disagree. Disagree with that as well. I don't think that, uh, for one, maturity, I don't think that has any aspect to play in maturity and if we're talking about establishment i assume we mean the government the government and like the the system yeah you know i mean this goes into what i said about uh the last episode about questioning authority it's like if you live in a crappy establishment why would you have to make peace with it i think having the ability to critical think critically is a sign of maturity rather than making peace with an establishment you don't believe in. I feel like that's ignorance. Mm-hmm. Can't blindly follow people. <laughs> next. That's the easy one. All right, next page. <laughs> oh, proportion for propositions on religion. Okay. <laughs> Astrology. <laughs> okay. Question one. Astrology accurately explains many things. Strongly disagree. Yeah, I just, I feel like that's just a personal opinion, you know? Like, personal, like, I mean, we could just say from our point of view, generally we disagree with that. I mean, listen. I mean, I'm speaking for myself, sorry. I love astronomy, not astrology, astronomy, (laughs) okay? And I learned about where the signs come from in astrology. People, it's not even accurate, okay? The signs aren't accurate. I'm a Leo, Based on the traditional signs. But the stars shift, okay? I'm not actually a Leo. So don't... Astrology is bad. But he kind of fits a Leo. <laughs> he kind of does fit... Don't even deny it. You kind of do fit a Leo a little okay. bit. I'm sure everyone knows this, but... <laughs> like, what's it called? What's the thing where you get, like, the thing every day based on your sign and it, like, tells you... Your horoscope? Yeah, your horoscope. <laughs> like, your horoscope is so vague that anything can happen you can apply it to it. It's not, it's not real. I'm just talking about the personality. I'm passionate about this, He's okay? such a Leo. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Question two. You cannot be moral without being religious. I disagree. Strongly disagree. Because, speak as a Christian, <laughs> God, this is biblical. God places morality on everyone's hearts. Um, so, therefore, you don't have a choice to be immoral or not. Uh, morality, you have it, you can ignore it. And I think you can become so skewed away from good that you don't feel the the guilt of doing bad things anymore. And even like what we talked about the other day, we were talking about... Um, oh, we were talking about how um, we're born into a sinful world, and so the world is just broken. And so whenever you think about like like sociopaths who like literally just don't know um i think that like that comes into a play too where it's like this is the way like god in- like god intended us to be moral and most people mm-hmm. are moral um but like some people just aren't and some people like just don't it doesn't connect in their brain and i think that's just because of the broken nature of the world but for the most part generally um I disagree. Like, you can be moral without being religious. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. I said strongly disagree on that one, by the way. Uh, <laughs> next question. It says, charity is better than social security as a means of helping the genuinely disadvantaged. I would probably say agree because social security is failing. It, we probably won't have any money in social security by then. Um, better get your savings in, kids. Also, are you... Even does Social Security even benefit people that aren't retired? If you're educated on that, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're gonna say agree on this one. You said agree, right? Yeah, I did. Um, I didn't have a lot to say about I it. I think charity is very, charity is very beneficial for um, like philanthropy. I love philanthropy <laughs> for that. Um, all right, we're gonna move on. Next question it says some people are naturally unlucky. I don't agree with that. That's a tough one. I think because that's 
Okay, ask Christians again. This is kind of like a theological question. Is like, does God choose where we're born into, what family we're born into, or stuff? Or is there like a system, a natural system that's put into place where our souls are just picked to go to a body somewhere in the world? You know what I mean? Does God choose people to be born into unfortunate situations? Ooh, that's a good question. Because like, well, Scripture says like, He knit us together in our, in our mother's womb. Hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but also like, it's not about being unlucky. It's just about the broken nature of the world. Going back to that. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I, I don't would, necessarily believe in luck. I would say personally. disagree. I don't think that it's really just like, oh, you drew the short straw. I think it's just how things go. Like, I think if you look at the world as a whole, you look at every person in the world with very few exceptions. Everyone, at some point in their lives, has something crappy to them. So what are you going to say? Everyone in the world is unlucky because something bad happens to them? You know? Yeah. I think that... I don't think I don't think you can say that people are just naturally unlucky. So I'm going to say disagree. Um, okay, next question. It is important that my child's school instills religious values. I would say disagree on a um, societal government standpoint. Public school. Public yeah. school... If you want to instill religious values... Private school. Either put your kid in private school or do it yourself. Bring, bring them to church. Like, that's not... That's not the job of the government to do. Separation of church and state. The government shouldn't um, instill religious values in your... Okay, but private school? Shoot. Go for it. Yeah. Just because, like, especially if, especially if you were, like, a Christian coming from the standpoint saying, like... I want my school, or I want my, I want my child's school to have, like, daily prayer and daily Bible reading. It's like, your child can do that in school. Like, it's not banned from school. Like, I think there, a lot of people are misinformed and think that their children can't do that, but they can. Um, as children of public school, um, we know that you can do that in school. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't believe it's the responsibility of the teachers to do that, and I also don't believe it's the responsibility, obviously, of the government. And I think it um, it impedes on the freedom of religion because if if we're going to teach Christian values in school, what about Muslims? What about Jews? What about um, freaking Buddhists? Like, what about all these other religions? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like that would be unfair. Like from a government standpoint, I think it infringes on the First Amendment right. Yeah, definitely. So we said disagree. I said strongly disagree. Oh, well, okay. I said disagree. It's fine. All right. Finally, a look at sex. <laughs> okay. Sorry, this first question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sex outside marriage is usually immoral. It depends on your moral system. Yes. See, it's tough. Societally, it depends on your moral system. Yeah. Um... If I'm generalizing this question to everyone, I would say disagree. I think it's natural to feel sexual urges as at any age. Like, once you develop, go through puberty, it's natural to feel that way. And as long as it's consensual, obviously, <laughs> um, it's okay. It's not immoral. For a Christian, it would be considered immoral yes as a whole it's not immoral like i don't think i, I don't think as a christian you can look out at non-christians having sex outside of marriage and say that's wrong because they're not christians so yep. you can't hold them to that same standard amen brother speak it <laughs> that's what i'm saying all right next all right next good question a same-sex couple in a stable loving relationship should not be excluded from the possibility of child adoption Strongly agree. I strongly agree with that. I do strongly agree. But this is where I think... I feel like... So the person having the baby gets to choose who it goes to. Correct? Um, depending on if it's an open or a closed, I think. I okay. think. I genuinely... Like, because you can go through an adoption agency and they can... You can, like, I guess put preferences. I don't really know. But... I just feel like... I don't know how the adoption system works. I, and maybe maybe it's bad of me, but I feel that if I'm picking between a stable and loving homosexual relationship 
in a stable and loving heterosexual relationship. I'm going to pick the heterosexual relationship because I feel that having a mother and a father is beneficial to that child's development. But we can't say that a gay couple cannot adopt children. Yeah, I think, I think that's that wrong. that's infringing on their mm-hmm. like rights and able to like live a normal life. Mm-hmm. And so like from a like general governmental standpoint, I don't think that there should be any legislation preventing them from doing that. Yeah. But I I also don't think it's wrong to say that a heterosexual couple would be more likely to get a child than a homosexual couple. Well, yeah, like, well, there's a lot of places that don't allow same-sex couples to adopt children. I, I get that, and I don't, I don't agree with that, but I also think it's okay for the heterosexual couple to have, um, what's the word? Like, preference? To just, like, be more likely to get it. Get yeah, like, preference with the adoption agency. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. Okay. I don't, like, have, I don't. I don't necessarily, like, know how I feel about that, but, um, yeah, I would just say, like, they can, they can adopt children. That's, I strongly agree with that. They should, they should be allowed to. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right, next question. It says, pornography depicting consenting adults should be legal for the adult population. I have a hard time with this because pornography is just, like, so damaging. And, like, I personally believe it's just so bad um, for anyone to consume, um, just because there's so much, there's so much porn, like depicting women as like less than men. There's so much porn that influences like racism and like, um, freaking fetishize, fetishizes, is that the right word? I don't know if that's a word. Fetish, fetishizes, fetish, fetishizes, it's okay. <laughs> Feti- it's, they fetish on, um, like minorities and like them being a commodity or whatever, you know, like. There's so many harmful negative effects of pornography. I would advocate against pornography, but I I I I don't know where I stand on like on the government regulating that part of it. If if it's consenting, cuz we know Pornhub has tons of crap on it. Like the big like porn site that like a lot of people use. Yeah, there's been cases of like really bad stuff being put on there because I mean it's open source like anyone can upload videos yeah it's like YouTube and so there's been instances of actual rape being uploaded Mm -hmm. and And sex trafficking millions of people see it yeah yeah and that's terrible I don't know how the government regulates that or or what as a Christian I agree I think porn is awful just absolutely terrible but looking at the government I don't think that they have any way to um regulate it and for non-christians obviously don't have the same standards so i'm gonna say agree yeah i'm gonna just say that too even though i hate porn (laughs) Mm -hmm. all right next question what goes on in a private bedroom between consenting adults is no business of the state strongly agree yeah i would agree with that government has no say in who has sex as long as it's consensual Mm -hmm. keyword all right next question no one can feel naturally homosexual we had this conversation the other day. Yeah. Um, I would disagree with that because, like, we talked about, like, nature versus nurture. There are people who grow up in, like, conservative families with conservative values and people who grow up with loving parents who, like, love each other in a, um, a heterosexual relationship and they still end up homosexual. Mm-hmm. And so... I would say, like, as a straight person, like, obviously, we're straight, and so, like, it's hard to say from our point of view, because we will never know how it feels to be homosexual, um, and to discover that in yourself, um, but from, from my perspective, from my view, um, like, I don't choose who I'm attracted to, like, and it obviously people I'm attracted to has changed over the years. Like sexuality is a very big like thing that changes and you have to discover that about yourself and like discover what you like and who you like and all this stuff. Um, and so who am I to say that it's not a natural feeling for people because like I am naturally attracted to men. So like, why can't 
Like, why can't a woman be naturally attracted to a woman? Yeah, I agree. So, so I would disagree that no one can feel naturally homosexual. We had we talked about a lot of stuff about this, but for now, that's just what we're gonna stick to. Yeah, I disagree as well. All right, <clears throat> last question, and then we'll get to see our results. It says. These days, openness about sex has gone too far. And I think there's... I see this as two different sections. Yeah. For one, I see... I'll start with, with the section I don't really agree with. Is that just openness about sex... Just like... Just sex by itself. Like, I think... I would agree on that part. Like, I... I just personally feel that sex is a private thing between two people, and I feel that, like, it shouldn't be something that everyone sees, that everyone is experiencing with you. But then on the other side, I see sexual assault and stuff like that, and I feel like we should be encouraging women to, to be open. To speak up about it, yeah. Because if we're saying, don't talk about sex... Don't talk about sex. Don't talk about sex. Don't talk about sex. Don't be open about your sexuality. Don't be open about what's happened to you. Mm-hmm. No one, the number of women that are going to come forward and men that come forward is going to be so much smaller. Mm-hmm. And I think that's awful. So I would probably say disagree just because of that mm-hmm. part of it. I also think that sex education is very important. Uh-huh. Um, being educated about um, contraceptives. Being educated about contraceptives and the, and the um, availability of contraceptives could actually decrease the number of abortions that happen Uh um like whenever we have more resources for those things for people less abortions are probably going to happen because more people are going to be protected Uh and so um and sex education about um sexually transmitted diseases and all that stuff like i think it's very important for people to understand their body and understand um like when something's wrong, when to go to a doctor, um, and not be embarrassed about it. Um, but know that it's like a normal thing and like everyone has to deal Mm -hmm. with it. And so I would say generally disagree. Um, but yeah, I would agree with Kaden about like talking about your sex life and like being, I don't know, like, I just hate that everything is like so sexualized, you know, especially in in, uh, entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Like sex sells because I mean, People are horny. People are people are horny, and so sex sells. But um, on that aspect, I would say yes. But for the most part, I would disagree. Yeah. All right. Now that's let's see all where of the questions. Stand. Let's see what we look like on the political compass. So the way it works. So there's four quadrants. All right. The top right quadrant is authoritarian. Authoritarian right. Bottom right is libertarian right. Bottom left is libertarian left. Top left is authoritarian left. Yeah, so up, down, the up is authoritarian, the down is libertarian, the right is more conservative, and then the left is more liberal. So for a historical, like, kind of um, perspective, Hitler is a little bit to the right and all the way at the top. So authoritarian right, technically, is Mm -hmm. like where fascists would be. But at the very top. Uh, Stalin is at the very top left corner, so he's authoritarian left. Um, Gandhi is bottom left. Um, So that's, what is that, libertarian left? And then uh, Margaret Thatcher, that's Margaret Thatcher, right? Mm -hmm. Margaret Thatcher is authoritarian right, but further over to the right, more towards libertarianism. So all the way to the left is communism, all the way to the right is libertarianism all the way to the wait yeah neoliberalism slash libertarianism is all the way to the right um and then who's Friedman oh Milton (laughs) Friedman someone get us up on our history (laughs) Milton Friedman wait that's a pretty that's like libertarianism okay cool anyways alright so let's see where we are. Well, we're like in the same spot. Well, because we answered really similar to a lot of them. We did. Okay, so me and Mackenzie are both libertarian right, but very slightly to the right. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like right above the middle whenever it goes down to like libertarian and then like slightly to the right. 
Yeah. So we would be considered something. <laughs> libertarian right. Closer to <laughs> I mean the the one we're closest to is anarchism, but obviously we're not anarchists as of right now. Just kidding. <laughs> this is so confusing. But yeah, so we a libertarian right. I don't think there's anything else left to say. We just wanted to give you guys a perspective of where we're coming from on certain issues. So, I mean, that's it. That's that's it for that. Yeah, we just wanted to, like, kind of do an introductory thing where um, whoever wants to listen to us, they kind of get, like, where our heads are at. Obviously, um, we'll, we, we understand that we live in a global world and not everyone is a Christian. We can't hold people to Christian standards. Um, who aren't Christians. It's important for Christians to keep other Christians accountable. Um, that's biblical. But it's also important for Christians to love everyone, no matter if you agree with them, disagree with them, um, whether their morals are uh, lined up with yours or not. Um, and that's what we want to do. We want to uh, offer a Christian perspective, but also offer, like, this is a world that we live in, and we do need to, like, we can we can hold personal beliefs to ourselves, but we also have to understand that like it is not the purpose of the government to serve our religion. If that makes sense. Yes. So. Yeah. So if you were interested in anything that we talked about, um, if you have something that you'd like to hear our perspective about, please just let us know. We we would love to talk about it. Caden um, and I always have great conversations, and um, we are. Do you want me to talk about RJ? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Um, we also have a third person who will be with us in the future. Uh, he, he's still quarantining, <laughs> unlike the rest of us in Texas. Um, he's still quarantining. He has uh, people in his family who are immunocompromised. So he's doing the right thing, staying in his house, um, only going out for essentials. So, um, But that is RJ. He'll be with us very, very soon. So stay on the tune for that. Stay on the tune. Stay on the lookout for that. And yeah, just thank you so much for listening and let us know what you think. Let us know what you want us to talk about. We're here for you. Yep. All right. See you later. Bye.